I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to like, comment, or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to go ahead and give us a five-star rating so that we can continue bringing you great content. Stay spooky, y'all. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And I'm JT Timmons. And today we are live streaming this episode for the Para Junkies. Uh, Woo, so if you're listening to this, uh, basically we are doing this live and we're trying out new things. So. Woo-woo, technology. Oh, yeah. Yes. Technology. So if you want to watch our episodes live as we're doing it and see all the mess ups and all the random <coughs> side comments and things that don't make it into the final cut, become a para-junkie and join us on the live stream. Yeah. Woohoo. It's fun. Uh, it's fun. Yes. So we're going to do a ghost mail today. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of ghost mail sent in, y'all. I appreciate it. Yes. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Because uh, people love the ghost mail episodes. They so. do. Well, it's fun. It is fun. It yep. is fun, honestly. And if you have a story, a ghost story, or any kind of paranormal um, activity type of story, it could be aliens, it could be cryptids, it could be ghosts in general. If you have a story, send it to us at ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com, because we want to read it. So, with that, JT, you got our first story for us? I do, I do. All right. Also, uh, before we get started, um, go ahead and uh, like and uh, subscribe, comment, share. All Please do all those things. They help a lot. Push all the buttons. Push all the buttons. Buttons. Just everything I want. Button, them. button, button. Everything I want them. All right, here we go. Everything's rolling. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. All right. This is from, let's see, Siggy. 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 That's a fun name. Titled Ghost Mail. Ghost nice. Mail. All right, here we go. Hey, y'all. I stumbled on your spooky content on TikTok. I'm from Texas, so shout out from across the states. I wanted to start off by saying y'all are great storytellers, and I enjoy listening to the podcast at work. Thanks, Siggy. Yay. Awesome. I had a small ghost story that I wanted to share. I don't know how interesting it will be, but it stuck with me my whole life. Sounds pretty interesting then. Yeah. All right. It was very late, and I was getting ready for bed. I had laid there texting, but had not started to doze. I decided to get up and use the bathroom before I fell asleep. Just for context, my parents built this house, so there hasn't been any other occupants, okay? The bathroom is located in the hallway across from my bedroom. As I was coming back to my bedroom, I could see a figure in my peripheral vision. It was standing with the closeness your sibling would to annoy you. Mm. So, like, like, basically, like, Peanut at Jeff Dunham. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Thinking it was my taller brother, I snapped aggressively. What do you want? But when I turned to fully face the figure, it wasn't my brother. A tall ghost in his 30s or 40s was standing there, staring at me wide-eyed. 
I couldn't find my voice to scream as we just stared at each other. Like a dang staring contest. <laughs> you know those good old-fashioned Texas staring contests. <laughs> His body was not fully transparent to my surprise, and had a, he had a faded color to him. He was wearing a suit and looking as if he belonged in the late 1800s or early 1900s. His eyes were wide, piercing into my very being. I was shook. Or it was shook. The hair on my neck stood up and I started to feel overwhelmed as our staring contest went on for what felt like five seconds. I gathered what strength I could and sprinted to my bedroom to hide under my covers, hyperventilating. I was too scared to leave my room, but I didn't feel like he wanted to hurt me. Years later, I was painting, uh, I was, a, I was, I think it, I, I think, I think this person means, uh, years later, I was painting a picture of my great, great grandfather, which kind of reminded me of him. At this time, I don't know if the memory faded over time or this was my uh, relative. I want to know. Why was he so well-formed? Why was he standing that close to me? Most of all, what was his staring problem? (laughs) (laughs) Through Through the upcoming weeks, I felt like he walked the hallway outside my bedroom. I caught glimpses of him moving, sometimes standing and staring. I haven't seen him in years, though. Thanks for reading my story. I really appreciate you guys. Siggy. That's a great story. It's a good story. Now, um, you know... The problem is with, you know, houses that were built and there are no other occupants, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're not haunted because you don't necessarily know what was on the land before that because there could have been another house uh, there. And especially if it was a person from like the 1800s or so, you know, by that point, the house could have been rotten or dilapidate, uh, dilapidated and basically they would just tear it down, um, you know. As for the spirit itself, I like to, you know, imagine that sometimes ghosts are surprised to see us as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, and that might have been why he was like, uh, <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, because the spirit, uh, from what you're saying, if he's like pacing around the halls at night and things like that, he might have his own routine of when you guys are not awake and he goes about his normal, uh, you know, daily activities so the fact that you were in the middle of that, he probably was like, you're not supposed to be here. Um, as for the closeness, the thing is, is I don't imagine spirits have a great sense of personal boundaries. <laughs> um, you know, I've had many a spirit be very close to me or touch me um, or things like that, where I'm like, why? And sometimes it is genuinely just because they're interested or curious. So, you know, I, I wouldn't read into the the personal space sort of thing too, too much. But my best bet is that you interrupted <laughs> his nightly activities. And he was just kind of like, uh, okay, hello, you know. Yeah, oftentimes when pe- when people encounter ghosts and they they act surprised, it, it does raise certain questions. Uh, because uh, one of them... So we'll pull out of the uh, big book of uh, um, uh, metaphors uh, the idea that uh, time is a book, 
So each page, let's say, represents 100 years. So on one page is 100 years, on the next page is 100 years. They're on top of each other. I take a pin and I poke through one, book, one page, it's going to hit the, the page right under it. A 100-year span of time. It's possible that some guy was walking around 100 years ago and he sees some strangely dressed kid and, it, and that kid should not be there. And he's looking at this kid going, what is this? What am I looking at? What am I seeing? Because we have such a poor construct of time. We have such a poor explanation of time. Our idea of time makes no real sense. It's just how we catalog what's happening. But if you think of them as stacked on top of each other, like pages, if some reason there's a bleed from one page to the next, you might be experiencing something that someone else experienced 100 years ago. I want to say JT tells a story about uh, haunting uh, his grandmother. Is it your grandmother? Oh, um, Mimi? Mimi? Yeah, Mimi, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yo, uh, and that story is not uncommon. The, the idea of, like, uh, somebody in their house and they see, like, a young person in their house. And they're like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, there was a ghost. There was a ghost. There was a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then 30 years later, some kid's in a house and they see an old person. They're like, ah, there's a ghost. There's a ghost. There's a ghost. And it's like, well, was it ghosts or was it a some kind of weird time hole? Was it some, some kind of, oh, what a horrible word, time hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there something going on? I think anything hole is probably. Yeah, yeah. Not, when you add hole to anything, it's bad. So um, that, uh, that kind of concept is, is interesting because it may not be a ghost at all. You might just be encountering a, 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 an overlap of time. And, peop- and you and this person are having a very significant experience in your lives. Um, that's one thing. Uh, if it is a relative, if it is somebody, they, they may just be more vibrant the closer they are to you. You know, uh, if they are standing 10 feet away from you, they might be a little transparent. If they're standing 20 feet away from you, they may be entirely invisible. But if they're right up on you, they may be very solid because you are huh. basically... Uh, an energy source to them. So, so you're saying you're saying the proximity matters uh, when it comes to how transparent because ghosts are tra- can. classically transparent, right? Right. Oh, that's interesting. That's, they can't. And, and keep in mind that if you're you're gifted like Madison, uh huh, the 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 proximity is much wider. Oh yeah. Right. You know, so that means that you know, a hundred feet from Madison, there's still enough energy for the spirit to sure. so pretty solid. You know, and that, you know, becomes an interesting thing is we have energy around us. And if it's very close to us, we can't really see a ghost, you know, five feet away because it can't feed off of that oral, you know, that aura of energy. Mm. Um, and again, theories, people, theories. Right? Uh, I know people are going to come at me with, let us know how it works. It's, like- um, it's not a question of how it works. It's a question of how it could work or, or what is a possibility. Um, and family, if it's a familial ghost, they do draw more energy the closer they are to you simply by your connection, your connectivity, your, your blood, your very blood. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, when you say, why was it so solid? 
um, there's there's not a lot of answers to that question. There's not a lot of answers to how it behaves because everybody's different. Every ghost True. is different. Um, there's no rules. There are no <laughs> rules. There's not a rule book that says, you must stay this far away and be transparent. Right. Um, so know that there's, there's any number of reasons why it could be uh, presented that way. And, and you know, it, it could have been the night of its death. And therefore, it creates a, a more solid entity, the, the spike in the energy of that moment. Uh, there's so many stories that you can, you can refer to and say, why is this ghost so powerful at this moment? It's like, well, is it the anniversary of, 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 of a tragedy? Well, is it connected to you in some way? Well, were you in some mind space that you weren't aware of? Did you have something going on in your life yeah. that made you more accessible to a spirit? So there's a lot of ways to look at that question, and, uh, and there's no one answer, you know. Uh, so, well, thank you for asking yeah. Yeah. And, and sharing the story with us. Yeah. Donut hole. That's the only word that ends in hole that's actually... I don't know. If someone calls that's, you a donut hole, <laughs> you donut hole. That's fine. Nah. That means I'm sweet and fluffy. I don't know. All right, here He's we like, go. He's like, I want to be sweet and fluffy. So On <laughs> to the next one. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> Becky Sayer. Uh, this is titled Ghosts of the PNW. <clears throat> here we go. Hey, guys. First, I need to fangirl. You you all are so awesome. I absolutely love your podcast and binged every episode very quickly. I really appreciate the amount of thought and research that goes into what it is that you do. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Wow. Yeah, that was like, quite the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Becky. All right. Anyhow... I have always been very sensitive to energy and was raised in a home that was originally built as a brothel in 1914. Fun. One of the spirits I often saw growing up was that of a tall figure of a man in my doorway. However, this man had a uh, had the face of like a jackrabbit. It was Whoa. terrifying to say the least. That is that sounds quite terrifying. Yeah. Mhm. Um is his name Alfalfa? <laughs> I'd call him Alfalfa. Um, at night, when I tried to sleep, I would hear what sounded like a baby crawling on the ceiling. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. No babies and no crawling on the ceiling. Yeah, this, fa this face is for the YouTube. Rabbit face ghosts are not on, on, uh, high on my list either. <laughs> <laughs> this face is for the YouTube thumbnail. <laughs> yes. Here, y'all do, do faces. To that, to a jackrabbit, to alfalfa. There we go. Okay, to cool. alfalfa. To alfalfa. <laughs> to baby That's on we're the calling roof. Now. To baby on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Who left oh, their baby God. there? <laughs> oh. All right, continuing. And I had many, many, many nights with sleep paralysis. I find it so interesting that I've heard you all say that the way to stop it is to call out to God, as this was the only thing that would stop it for me. That mm -hmm. seems to be yeah. literally what stops it for everyone. It's crazy. But, you, but I, I should prefer it, or, or I should uh, clarify that real quick. If you don't believe in God, it's not going to work for you. So yeah. we're, we're, call out to the thing you believe in. Right. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, let's see. This is for me. Uh, there's also a very large cupboard 
or maybe a small closet, I've never been sure, that was halfway up the stairs on a landing. I had always felt icky walking by it, but one time accidentally got myself locked in, and all I remember is feeling hands on me, and then my mom opening the door and saying, honey, are you okay? You were screaming. I don't remember screaming. Oh, God. Oof. This is, I could write a, we need to write a movie, Chris. Right, that's a good movie. <laughs> this is great. Gosh. Uh, that's my story for today. I hope it wasn't too lengthy. Not what? at all, actually. Not yeah, no, that was, I need more that was super brief. Yeah, 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 I loved it. And if you'd like to hear more, I have I have many. Yes, send them in. Yes, send yes. them in, please. Becky. Send us more about alfalfa, please. Yeah, like, I need more details here. On Yo, alfalfa. alfalfa. Wait, I was Boy. like, is it a person who just looks kind of like? Because I've seen people who have you know animalistic features. Or are you saying that this was an actual rabbit's head on a body? Because right. that's you're uh, in the Pacific Northwest. You're, you're dealing with a lot of indigenous mm-hmm. beliefs and the cryptids there are wild insane so she um, ended it with thanks again for all you guys do Becky smiley face heart oh thanks Becky well loved it, it that's very scary horrifying um yeah I have so many questions why was there the sound of the baby on the ceiling um jeez why you're is, not supposed to have the questions you're supposed to have no the i need more i need more details <laughs> well, here so it's it's difficult because there are babies and brothels are not an uncommon ghost occurrence this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And trying to avoid like the super dark discussion of why babies in brothels are a common, uh, the baby ghost in a brothel is, is common because a brothel, of course, uh, when a, uh, when a worker there finds themselves pregnant, it oftentimes does not go well. Um, it does inhibit their ability to earn a living and sometimes they take matters into their own hands. Um, ghosts in brothels are very, very oftentimes, uh, we have a pretty famous one in Savannah in city market, um, where I believe the, the offender, a, uh, a client is still seen to this day in this, in the, in the escape room that mm-hmm. is under the building. And when the, um, and when it was a restaurant, people always said they saw a woman standing in the hallway that led to the bathrooms. People talk about her all the time. She was the ghost of the building. So there's lots of stories that, that really um, that really match the brothel. I'm trying to be as delicate as yeah. possible because, you know, we're family friendly. Um, right. That reach, uh, that, 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 so haunted brothels are a thing. Come to the man with a rabbit face. This is intriguing to me because if he were, say, a client of a brothel, there's a chance that he's using some kind of mask. He's trying to hide his identity for the shame of the practice of being a client there. He is 
obscuring his face in some way. Um, but then there is, of course, the indigenous uh, uh, spirits and creatures who are men with animal heads. And men with animal heads are in every culture across the world. There are encounters of, of, of humans that have animal features uh, for any number of reasons. So, yeah, it, uh, it feels like you gave us such a, uh, you, you whet our appetite, but we don't know enough right. <laughs> to, to make uh, assertions. Clear, However, yeah. I can see connections. I've heard stories similar. Um, a baby on the ceiling, however, outside of train spotting, I can't right. think of a reason why a baby would crawl on the ceiling. Um, that is a peculiarity to me. But again, babies in brothels is not an uncommon ghost. Like you, most commonly, you just hear the baby crying. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that is something that I've I've heard in several places where they they'll, they'll hear uh, like a, a baby cry in the night. Um, but uh, I think that you must have a pretty high sensitivity to have had these experiences. Um, and of course, finding yourself in an uncomfortable space and, and being touched by spirits. Again, a brothel would have ghosts that are not about personal space. Oh, yeah. I mean, the people who are visiting that type of location are not necessarily the most savory uh, type of people, and they're more than likely not going to respect any form of boundary that you place, so that doesn't go away in the afterlife, but I agree. Even that intention, even even the idea of you're not dealing with knowledgeable or um, intelligent haunting, the residual haunting of groping could be there. Yeah. And I agree about the baby thing, you know, like I've heard the whole like baby in the brothel yeah. sort of deal. It, the question I had was why the ceiling? But right. after, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, after pondering on that for a second, I'm thinking maybe, like I said, send us more details because this could change uh, with further uh, explanation of your experience. Right. But um I'm thinking, you know, because children ghosts kind of are limitless to what they can do. That's very true. I'm like, maybe babies would be like the ultimate amount of child energy. And so maybe the baby is just like, look what I can do, right. you know? And and we, so- uh, we, we, we have come uh, upon stories where, where, where children actually grow, like... Um, their their spirits actually try to age up, and that is usually through observation. But um, no one knows how much sense a baby has, how much uh, desire to grow a baby might have. So a baby could conceivably just exist utilizing any plane that it's in in a very fundamental, uh, almost animalistic way. You know, it's only satisfying itself, and if its satisfaction comes from even, like, freaking you out, that is a good way to do it. Right. <laughs> you know, and... You, you know how kids are, even when they're alive. They If they can do something, they're going to do it, right. you know? And so if the baby realizes... Without boundaries of physics, yeah. Right. If, like, the baby realizes, oh, I can do this fun thing, it's going to climb the walls, of course, because every kid in the world, no, you know... I, I would do it now. If, yeah. I, if I learned how to climb a wall, I'd be, I'd on, be like, I'd watch all this, this, you know, parkour. No. That's definitely evil. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're even talking about. It's like a it's like a, a baby climbing like climbing on the ceiling and you're over here like, oh, 
it's just being cute. I didn't say it's it was cute. being cute. It's terrifying. Uh, it's still terrifying. I'm just saying. Well, all baby and child ghosts are freaky. Well, and that's we another thing is she doesn't even walk yet, and it's climbing it, on the ceiling. Well, yeah, without without it. the constraints of of learning good and evil, um, children are evil. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's that's, that's well, the I title mean, of this episode. When you children are evil, <laughs> when you break it down, uh, what we deem evil, it, it, uh, evil is a human construct. We made it up. It, it exists because we identify it, not because it is, but because we can say, well, that was evil. Uh, a, a child will do everything selfishly as it should because it's learning what the environment is and what the world is and what everything is. Um, uh, like take Peter Pan, for instance. We, we've, we've gone a long time without discussing the fact that Peter Pan is patently evil. He's an evil entity. But because he's a kid, we forgive a lot. Do not forget that he kills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do not forget that he kidnaps children. Do not forget that, you know, all those things. And I love Peter Pan. I'm a huge Peter Pan fan. But when you really take into account, the only thing that separates Peter Pan from being a pirate is his age. Because we forgive precocious children. But if, a chi- if, a hum- if an adult acts the way a child does, we recognize it as evil. Because they're doing things selfishly, they're doing things for their own good, and they're doing things without the regard of other people. So are you saying that humans are inherently evil? No. I'm saying evil is a human construct. Oh. Because when we recognize that growth and growing and learning is all about, you know, uh, coming to terms and grips with rules that we've set. It's the classic, if a wildcat gets into your house and eats a baby... We would call that evil. That is an evil, evil thing. But from the cat's point of view, it was food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yeah. No, for and, sure. And, and, I mean, once you remove the idea of evil and and because the baby's not thinking, so baby, I'm being evil by yeah. doing this. <laughs> so basically, like, what you're, what you're saying is that the selfishness that we have just to stay al- alive. Right can be considered evil even though it's often not. Well, well, the idea of walking on the ceiling as an evil act is yeah. like, well, I don't think that the baby is trying is being diabolical. I think it's just being a baby. You just know? I think it's baby. I think it's trying to get over you so it can like, you know, like kind of how cats drop and they drop <laughs> right on top of your head. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, I wow, yeah, I don't know. That's, 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 uh, it's freaky. It's so freaky. Do not get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that that's not scary because I'd be terrified yeah. if I saw a baby crawling across the ceiling. So why have we got last ghost mail? We got a vicious ram's head that killed family. Yeah, that's right. And now we have alfalfa. The jack have a rabbit, rabbit head. Yeah. So why? Well, that's an excellent question, and probably worth a deep dive into all the cultures. These are that, two separate that, people. That, this is that, crazy. That, you know. Yeah. Uh, recommended, but a lot of times by putting an animal head on your body, you're excusing yourself from evil behavior because you're like, look, I'm an animal. Animals don't have morals. There's no moral authority over my behavior if I'm, you know, if, if the thinking part of me happens to look like an animal. And that's possibly the recognition. You're looking at a person, but because they are devoid of morality... You see them for what they are, an animal-headed monster. 
And also both of these people live in areas that are very deeply rooted in indigenous cultures. And within those cultures, there's a lot of folklore with um, animal headed people. or um, Both good and bad. Right. Worth noting that it's not inherently evil. And and I guess that, that comes back to speaking to the idea that we deem things evil that could just be nature, you know, um, a tornado we will sometimes call evil because of how damaging or terrible it was, or we'll, we'll, we'll think of it as an evil entity. It's a natural occurrence. It's a natural, you know, nightmare, no less scary, no less damaging, but our, our, our feelings in our heart are that tornado, you know, destroyed my house. All right. Moving on to the next one. Here we go. Let's see. All right. This one is called Ghost Mail from a subscriber. Thank you for subscribing. Yes. Hey there, kind souls. Hello. I am Orchid, and I would like to share my ghost encounter with you. A few years ago, when I was 19, and I was kind of going through a spiritual awakening phase where spirit, spirit seeing was becoming an everyday occurrence for me. But I remember the first time I saw a literal spirit stand in front of me in the middle of the night. I was sleeping alone in my room on a woolen rug on the floor because I don't like sleeping on the bed. Even though I was a single person in my room... I always made my bed spacious enough for two to three people, which my grandmother used to warn me about, that ghosts and spirits sleep on those empty spaces. Wow. I know <laughs> that. That's the, I, really, I really like that. Oh, my phone, my phone flashlight turned on. Hold on. I really like that. All right. Um, on that particular night, around 3 a.m., I felt as if someone was really sleeping beside me. I woke up. By this, I woke up by this thought, but uh, hold on, let me restart that. I woke up by this thought, but found no one, so I decided to just uh, keep laying down. Few minutes of just laying down with my eyes open, I felt somebody was holding me in my stance. I could literally feel someone pinning me down to the floor. I felt paralyzed, although I was wide awake. Then heard a male voice, I am a female, telling me that he won't do anything. He is just standing here. Don't be afraid of him. He will not harm. Mm -hmm. I looked above me to see a boy in black clothes, approximately seven feet in height, fair skin, standing in front of me, facing sideways. He was literally just standing motionless. After a few minutes of this ordeal, I was released and came back to my normal self. Fast forwarding three years, I realized he was my guardian angel and those and those were holding me down, reassuring me were my spirit guides. I am a few years into psychic mediumship and has uh, such encounters almost every day, but I am much familiar now. Thank you for reading. God bless you, Orchid. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's interesting that you were able to identify the entity because at first I was thinking, you know, like succubus type entity. Oh, sure. You know, uh, because typically you encounter spirits that pin you down in sleep paralysis type states um, to be in that realm. So I'd be interested to hear more about how you 
confirmed that this was your guardian angel just because of the fact that I find it intriguing that that's the way they went about presenting to you. Um, Although it also raises an interesting question of if the spirits were holding you in place to keep you hidden, meaning had you moved, had you reacted, would the entity have known, you know, because that, that bizarre reassurance, he won't harm you, he won't do these things, raises the question of were you being protected by the only means that they really knew how to protect you. Sure. You know, immobilizing you, keeping you from panicking, keeping you from feeding the spirit. Because uh, a lot of times when a spirit is um, particularly malevolent and they come to you, they're seeking a reaction or interaction. And that reaction and interaction is their first way in. Like if you see a very scary spirit and you just start to feed it your fear, it becomes a regular entity in your life. So I'm, I'm interested I'm, I, because that yeah. story uh, comes off as a, an assault or, or some spirit that is, that is coming uh, to get you, you know, a succubi, incubi kind of situation. But the fact that there was, uh, he will not harm you, you know, and, and trying to keep you still while perhaps there was something else. Because I, I, I couldn't figure completely out whether the, the boy in black was your spirit entity or just an entity in your room on top of the hands that are holding right. you down and everything like that. So yeah, uh, clarification, please. Uh, that's a very intriguing uh, encounter, absolutely. It definitely is. Um, you know, and also every entity or like every type of guardian spirit or spirit guide is going to interact with their guarded or, you know, um, their people that they're guiding and whatnot uh, in different ways because we all uh, receive information in different ways. So sometimes it does take a rude awakening um, in that way. That's true. uh, To get your attention. Yeah, you may have been in danger. Right. But, you know, without any more information, it's hard to tell. Exactly. Um, But I do find it intriguing, though, just the fact that uh, the way you described him is interesting that is not uh, a human entity. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, a lot of times, you know, angels or, you know, lighter entities are kind of horrific looking. So it's... Be not afraid. Right, exactly. So it, part of me wonders if that's the same concept of why your spirit guides were being like, it's fine. Like, don't... Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't freak out. <laughs> don't freak out. It's okay. You know, but yeah, just a little bit and more extra information. And also, an introduction to... One of the um, the lesser known little folklorities don't make a bed for extra people because spirits will sleep in yeah, it. Yeah, that's great. That, that, yeah, I love that. Um, uh, I, I I think I first heard that in Germany when I was very young. Um, that kind of superstition of um, because I think they even were like you know if you put dolls on your bed, it's showing that the bed is occupied. You know that there's no room at the inn for the spirit. Right. Um, and, uh, and of course, plenty of people, when, when someone passes, they'll, they'll save a space at their table. You know, they'll even put out a plate in, in remembrance and to have a place for the spirit to be. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a, yeah, uh, you don't hear that one often. And, and uh, it just kind of rung up. I was like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, don't, don't overmake your bed. Don't leave spaces for spirits to, to inhabit. Yeah, it is interesting to hear the um, the bed version because I've always known the the 
the table one, especially in witchcraft, because on, you know, holidays and Sabbaths and things like that, oftentimes you will leave a space for your ancestors or you'll make a plate for right. them and you leave it on an altar. And that's seen in a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. too. But um, just interesting. Well, interesting you even had, uh, we, we, we spoke of the welcome mat. Yep. Oh, the welcome mat. You know, yeah. same, same, same concept and construct is by welcoming people into your life or welcoming spirits and entities, making a space for a spirit is oftentimes, you know, uh, had a long, uh, <laughs> arduous back and forth with somebody who had a haunted dollhouse. And it was, uh, the, the question was, is it haunted because it's this house, this beautiful house that is well kept in my, you know, in my house, you know, it's like, well, who lives there? The, the person didn't never put a doll in it. So without a doll in the dollhouse, it just seemed like a big empty house, you know, it just seemed like this empty space. So, um, and so that, that kind of conversation came up and it's like, oh, you know, I once heard that people put dolls in their beds specifically to keep spirits from occupying that space. It's possible that if you don't put a doll in your dollhouse, it just seems like an empty house. I was a stuffed animal kid, so maybe that's why I never yeah, had that see, encounter. There you go. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, stuffed animals, you know, anything that you, you put in your bed to signify that there's no room for the spirit. No room for ghosts here. Madison puts my scotch on her altar for her Scottish ancestors. Oh, I do. Go. I do yes, take I know we've scotch. mentioned that before on the episode. For all you new listeners, that does happen. All right, here we go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, this is the last one. All right. This is from Ryan Stotler. First ever encounter. Hey, Madison, Chris, and JT. Thanks so much for reading my story on the podcast and giving me, inf- uh, giving me info on the decaying werewolf. I've always wondered what it was I saw, and it's great to finally have some kind of idea. And Chris mentioned having a longer conversation about it, and I'd be down to. So here's a little backstory for, uh, for this ghost story. In Bakersfield, California, there's a museum of sorts called Pioneer Village that has a bunch of old historical buildings from Bakersfield, and in these buildings, they have creepy mannequins arranged inside of them. So when I was about five to six years old, I went there, and one of the buildings is the first jail Bakersfield ever had. I went inside the jail, and it was so small, it only had two cells. The cells are closed you can't go in them but i saw a tall man in the first cell and he was pacing back and forth i was five so i didn't think much of it he just looked like a man so i went on with my day not thinking about it until i was about 20 years old when i was 20 years old my boyfriend at the time got me into watching ghost adventures haha i know chris how you feel about zach so (laughs) i won't bring it up but watching the show got me thinking about where in Bakersfield would be haunted. And sure enough, Pioneer Village is haunted and the most activity is in the old jail. So I'm pretty sure I saw my first ghost uh, in that old jail. 
I know not as interesting as my first story and not as much detail because I was five when it happened, but I wanted to share it with y'all. Thanks so much. See, there's no way to compare what ghost stories are more interesting than others (laughs) Um, because sure, some are more phantasmical, you know, like a decaying werewolf, but, uh, you know, it's still intriguing to hear those types of encounters you know, jails are just notoriously haunted because think about it. You're, you know, the people that are in them occupying those spaces are living incredibly uncomfortable and they are being locked away. So, you know, that's going to leave an impression behind. And also, a lot of times they're really bored. So, of course, people are going to be pacing back and forth because sure. moving is really all you can do it, to get away from the boredom. But... It doesn't um, surprise me that you saw probably what is like a residual energy or a residual haunting of sorts of somebody who occupied that space. Um, but, you know, it, it's not shocking that you had your first experience in an old jail. And it also gives us kind of an insight to the fact that you were destined to see. Right. You know, um, when, when you have these encounters very young and when they are... Um, and they're not like overblown or, you know, in any way like noteworthy in the sense that you just accepted it. That suggests that it was a, it's a casual ability that you have. It means that you do not have to work at it. It doesn't require ritual. It's not a thing that, you know, you're, you're basically seeing something that's there. And that becomes an interesting uh, canvas to paint your life upon. That means that, and, there is a danger to being that readily available to spirits to be seen because you begin to become targeted because spirits want to be seen. Spirits want to have that interaction. Um, so once, once spirit knows that you can see, they will hang out. They will hang around. They will, you know, they will try to get your attention. Um, and that becomes, uh, you know, the, the story of your life. The more and more often you encounter these spirits, and they're not always going to be aware you can see them. Not always. You know, uh, a lot of times you're going to find yourself, um, you know, uh, beset upon spirits that have no idea you're there. <laughs> but occasionally one will see you and be like, that's the one. That right. one can see me. Um, and that's, that's the... Uh, I, I, I had a friend who was uh, particularly good at... Um, reading palms and, and, and going through that. And there was, uh, there was a process by which they would say that there are those who can see and then there there are those who are seen and the rarest of them all are the ones who can see and be seen. So, you know, there are people out there running, running around that spirits see very clearly to them and they become entangled in their existence, but the person's oblivious of it. (laughs) And then there are people who can see, but the spirits can't see them at all. The spirits are, you know, again, oblivious of the person who can see them. So that notion of seeing and being seen, seeing and being seen uh, creates a sort of a vortex for you. It's very true. I feel your pain. You know, it's, <laughs> um, it's an interesting uh, experience to go through life with. Um, you know, and there are plenty of ways if you don't like seeing the spirits, um, you know, that you can close yourself off to. And you do kind of have to 
with a degree of being able to see spirits, uh, you have to learn to shut it out sometimes. Right. Oh, absolutely. Just to exist because they can be very uh, bothersome at times. And, and they don't allow you to participate in the life that everyone else is living. Right. Uh, uh, many people find themselves trailing off into the spiritual world, but we live in the physical one. So you, you always have to pay attention. You, you don't want to abandon the life that you're living for a spiritual realm that cannot furnish you with, you know, anything. It's true. But uh, definitely just an interesting encounter. And also, children are so susceptible mm. to seeing spirits. It's, um, it is interesting because they oftentimes have some of the more clear experiences because they're not, they don't have preconceived notions of what a ghost is supposed to be like or you know, or, uh, you know, uh, locking things out because of the fact that they're like, eh, I probably was just seeing an actor or something right. like that. You know, they, they can very clearly be like, that's not supposed to be there, but I see it and right. okay, okay, you know. Um, so definitely interesting. And if you have more ghost stories, send them in. Because Please do. We actually have one more. Oh, okay. Yes, we have one more. Um, and I I forgot that someone sent one via Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. Um, and this is from Melissa Laughter Copel. Hello. I just binge watch your TikToks. I've had a few experiences and I'd like to share one with you. About a year ago, I opened myself up to divination and gave the universe my consent to interact with ghosts or whatever. Maybe a month later, I was in my living room on the couch as my one-year-old was playing on the floor. I began to doze off when I felt a smack right across my face. I was not sure if it was a dream or what. I closed my eyes and again, a slap on the face, but on the other cheek, I was definitely awake that time. I knew immediately the ghost was waking me because my little one, uh, my little one was too young to not, uh, to not have an adult closely watching. I yelled out that it was not okay to hit me and I was never hit again, but I never dozed off like that again either. They were right after all. Huh. See, that is such an interesting encounter. And also just shows uh, the personality that <laughs> some people have extends over into the afterlife. You know, um, that's definitely the spirit of somebody who probably was a parent at some point. And they're like, hey, hey, wake up, wake oh, up. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta take care of your child. Sounds like an old grandma. That's right literally what I thought. <laughs> I was like, it sounds like a grandmother being like, excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's the matter, you? Get yeah. up. I got a baby. Exactly. Um, but you did the right thing in the way of it. They crossed your boundaries, you know, of hitting you in that way. But, you know, in their logic of being a spirit, that was probably one, just something that they didn't see was wrong when they were alive. But also, you know, they were like, that's definitely going to wake them up, you know. Yeah. And it took a lot of energy to give you not one, uh, only one smack, but two. Right. Um, so they were right. like, they're they, like, look at the baby. <laughs> exactly. They were like, you need to get going. So they put a, a lot of energy into you for that one. But, you know, um, interesting that you felt the sensation yeah, too. And it felt absolutely. like a smack and not just like the normal sensation of feeling a spirit where it feels like electricity almost. And that brings up the fact that not every spirit can present themselves 
audibly or visually, you know, some, some spirits can only affect in a certain way. You know, some, some can only create a touch and some can only create a, something you see and some can only be sounds. Um, people tend to forget that a ghost doesn't have vocal cords, doesn't have muscles, no bones, nothing. So anytime you're dealing with it, you're dealing with uh, a degree of energy that it can manipulate. Um, that's why white noise is oftentimes good fi- for finding EVPs because that gives sound to shape. You know, uh, not every spirit can make a sound, but they can shape sounds. They can try to utilize sound that's there. Um, I remember there's a craze for a long time of using the, the snowy channel on the TV and like filming it, you know, mm. putting a camera in front of it so that there's imagery that can happen because there's so much going on. And the same with radios, uh, spirit boxes, using that same notion of, well, it doesn't have all the tools that we have for touch or sound or sight it doesn't have the ability to interrupt light or to do these things so it is utilizing what is available absolutely um you know and it's always interesting to hear people's different experiences outside of hearing voices or just right exactly spirits so yeah thank you for that story that's that's super interesting do you think um i actually have one i have one more question about that uh but before i do uh for the pair junkies uh we're going to take a very brief break after this episode and we are actually going to uh live stream and record the uh pair junkie exclusive where um chris and madison do the estes method um so we'll be back after a very short break um but my last question was do you think that potentially that ghost was or or that spirit could have been like a uh, a family member attempting to um like 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 do you think that it could see the future and potentially go like hey uh you know there's something that could uh that there's something that's going to happen and I'm trying to stop it Oh, Almost like pushing the kid out of the way of a car. Absolutely. I sure. mean, you know, family members are oftentimes the most common spirits that people encounter. Um, so I could totally see someone's grandma or grandma oh, being like, uh, <clears throat> excuse you. Watch the baby. <laughs> my, my grandchild is right. crawling around exactly. lonely. So, absolutely. you know, I, I could totally see that being a thing. But you never know. Um But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you have a ghost story you'd like to send, like I said, send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. And if you have questions for the next Q&A, go ahead and utilize the Q&A button on TikTok. You will find it at the top of our page. It's a little red button. So uh, with that, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.